Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. This show is brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media. How's it going, Brian? It's going well. We've got a lot of basketball coming up, a lot of exciting games, and uh, just a really busy week ahead of us, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, we, we do have some exciting games coming up, and we have also covered some pretty exciting games. There's a little bit of movement in these districts. Uh, you're, you're starting to see starting to see uh, separation, especially on the girls' side where they're about a week ahead of the guys, you know, staggered so that they end on different weeks and can share the Alamo Dome down in San Antonio. Uh, one of the biggest things uh, that I saw was uh, Lovett Cooper's 82-34 win against Coronado Friday evening. That put Cooper in first place of uh, District 4-5A, uh, only three games into it. And we're going to hear from uh, Coach Kyle LaVorn and, and one of his key players, J.C. Heiss, uh, later on in this show. But big win, and I think a very important win because 4-5A, while it's a good district, is adjacent to maybe the best district in the state, District 3-5A, which houses, among other teams, four-time defending state champion Canyon. Canyon right now, they are sitting about with the same amount of losses as Lubbock Cooper, 17-2 and and 7-0 in district. Obviously, they started up a little bit earlier, but that district has a little bit more competition, not competition, but uh, teams participating. But that win was big for Cooper because, you know, it was either them or Coronado that was going to end up at the top of the standings at the end of that tip. So uh, this is definitely big for them moving forward, wanting, you know, with their goal in mind being that district championship. And I think the best game I've seen so far on the high school level this season, it was really cool because, like, within a 24-hour span, had this game and then the Texas Tech-West Virginia game uh, the next morning. Uh, but it was Coronado-Cooper, uh, the boys' side. Uh, and Coronado came away with the win on this. Um, Wilborn uh, with a uh, jump shot uh, as regulation expired for a 64-62 win. Really came down to free throw shooting. Uh, I think Coronado shot uh, 10 for 20 in the game. And Cooper was 9 for 21. So there's your ball game right there. Free throw shooting is important on all levels. Probably gets downplayed the higher you get, but I think it's especially important for for high school ball players. I think so too. Um, you have to have blood or ice in your veins, and some of those when you step to the line sometimes. And uh, Coronado showed off that they are putting in the practice, you know, taking the shots that they need to, and they did well, you know. And there's actually a video interview with their coach up on uh, Lone Star Varsity. If you want to go check that out, he talks a little bit about the win. Exactly, and and then I guess from from there, uh, any anything stand out to you from last week before we move on to this week's slate of games? Um, I think Denver City, the girls' side. If you kind of look at the district slate and everything, you know, with them having Leveland there, uh, Seminole, uh, some good teams, uh, they're sitting at three and zero. And one thing that you know was big for them last week, I believe it was the, the game was played last week, but it, it's at least been one of the recent ones was Denver City beating Leveland. Uh, that was a big win, I think, for Denver City, and uh, it's a tough district uh, through and through. <clears throat> the same could be said of Seminole, Estacado, <laughs> Brownfield, and La Mesa's district. Uh, that one's going to be really competitive moving forward, and I think on any night, kind of like what any coach will say, you have to show up. You can't let up at any night, and these are some of the bigger districts that I think that's more key than in most. So now I'll just move on to what you're seeing in the in the district standings. So some of some of the key pieces, and maybe uh, a a team that's going to make a run later on in this week because there are some close district races out there. Uh, I think we should we should probably start by going back to District Two Four A. Yeah, um, in Two Four A we have quite a 
quite a bit of moving pieces, I think, like you had mentioned. On the girls' end, we, we kind of just covered this a little bit, but two teams are sitting at 2-1 and one, and Denver City sitting at 3-0. and oh. and Those two teams are Levelanders, Seminoles, which can – upset in each other at any time i think and i mean level land's been ranked top 10 in the tabc poll at at points during the season probably a little unfair that they've fallen out considering the teams that they've lost to one of which was uh cooper in the uh cap rock championship game yeah that was a big (laughs) that was a big win for uh lubbock cooper and we'll get to talk about that a little bit later too but you know kind of moving on to uh i think what's one of the districts we kind of can get overlooked sometimes but or maybe not so, because it has Idaloo in it. <laughs> Two and three, Idaloo's sitting there at seven and zero, oh, and Shallow Waters right on their heels at five and one. And Rose, this is girls, right? And this is girls, yes. And Shallow Waters, uh, in the last couple of years, that's been a good girls basket te- basketball team, including Idaloo. So, I think there's a lot of moving pieces still in that district, and if. You, you can stay ahead of the game, then you're getting out to the playoffs and maybe making a run. I can see Shallow Water or Idaloo at the state championship or the state tournament, you know. And uh, they're only sitting two games behind Idaloo at this point. No, one game actually. Uh, but yeah, that's the district I would definitely take a look at. You know, um, Abernathy, four two A, three and another good district I think. And uh, Ropes. Yeah. I mean, what, what can, what can we say about Ropes? Six one A. They're twenty three and zero. They have wins against all sorts of competition, <clears throat> not just limited to to one A or two A. But they they played a a really good schedule and, and showing no signs of slowing down. I don't think anyone's gonna stop in their district. Then on Tuesday they hosted their nineteen fifty seven state championship team, which is the only team from Ropes uh, on the girls' side that's ever accomplished the feat. You know, they were the fourteenth ever program to uh, win a state championship uh, after the UIL adopted um, girls basketball for the 1950-1951 season, which was an enormous fight because back in those times, you know, people were kind of skeptical of of girls basketball, but they won the fight and within seven years, Ropes had uh, won a championship and and Roosevelt had won one the same year, which was really interesting that they were so close together. And, and New Deal had won one in 1953. But all that to say, uh, this Ropes team, as competitive as girls basketball has come to be, you know, in the 60 years since it was adopted by the UIL, looks like it could be a really good contender uh, going forward. The only problem I see for them is that Nazareth is in the district, and, and no team has won more state championships than Nazareth. They're going for their 22nd this year. Definitely. Traditionally, I think Nazareth has been pretty dominant, but I'm liking ropes right now. Um, what's funny about them, and uh, I don't know if a lot of people would know this by now, we stare at rosters all day, so uh, we pick up on little things. But through 23 games, they haven't dropped one. They're sitting at 3 known district, and there's no seniors on the team, I think. Mm-hmm. All their starters are young. Mm-hmm. So this team has the potential to build – on that program in the next two years. Yeah, really good. And, uh, yeah, it sh- should be an exciting run. I don't think there's anyone in that district that can stop them. I mean, they, they won their game against Wilson on Friday, 82-6. to six. Yeah, it's. I think the competition is going to hit once they hit the playoffs. And, and they, they have some good teams in their district, like ranked new home. Uh, that was a 26-point win. So the margin was a lot, a lot leaner, but – I think, yeah, Ropes is uh, definitely a team that you can uh, promote to the top of your chart when you start talking about teams that are going to get out of this region on the girls' side. And there might be a lot of them. You know, we were we were talking before the show, 
Leveland could be in the picture. Obviously, Denver City now could be in that mm -hmm. picture. Idaloo, we think, will probably be in that picture. Cooper could, uh, just depending on, on um, you know, who they draw from, from 3-5A because that's a very tough district. And since we're talking about Cooper, let's just go straight into our interview with uh, Coach Kyle LaVorne and J.C. Heiss. Right now we've got Coach LaVorne and uh, J.C. Heiss on the line. And, uh, guys, thank you so much for being with us today. And, you know, you're, you're coming off an 82-34 win against Coronado, which gave you the district lead in, in 4-5A play. Just tell me about that game and, and how big it is to kind of kind of be the, uh, the front runner of this district now sitting adjacent to, you know, four-time state champion Canyon and, and a lot of good teams from um, the uh, opposite district, 3-5A. Yeah, yeah, it was a good win for us the other night. You know, uh, Coronado, they've got a great team this year, and they came off a big upset against Monterey. And so we uh, we tried to put together a good plan, game plan for uh, for the girls, and uh, they went out and executed well. You know, our, our biggest things was pushing the ball in transition and, and and applying a lot of pressure on the perimeter the other night. So, you know, they uh, they did a good job, and I was proud of our girls and how they did. I could just kind of introduce us to, to J.C. Heiss and, and what she means to your program. Yeah, JC is huge for our program. She's uh, she's a four-year letterman, and and uh, being a senior this year, she's got a, a huge leadership role. She uh, she knows she sets the tone for us on the offensive end of the court and the defensive end of the court. You know, and she she does a lot of things for us on the court, scoring wise. You know, she gets a lot of a lot of tips and deflections on defense and steals. She's she's real active, but uh, but uh, you know, probably her biggest asset is her leadership and her unselfishness and uh and she's she's a great player for us but she's also a great leader understood and this one will go ahead and be for jc um what have kind of been the keys for success uh this season and what's the atmosphere been like uh in being part of a such a successful season so far defense is a huge part in our program this year and we focus on that every day in practice um the atmosphere in this program has completely changed in a positive way, and hope that can continue throughout the years. Hey, Coach, so you've got Lakeview coming up on Friday, and this is a team that's um, that's kind of struggled. But what what are some of the the things you want to emphasize heading into this game? Yeah, you know, throughout district, and especially as we get ready, you know, even for the playoffs and and running into some of those north teams in the three uh, five A district, then. You know, whether it's against San Angelo, Lakeview, Lubbock High, Coronado, Monterey, Cooper, whoever it's against, then, you know, we will really want to emphasize doing easy thing, easy, simple things really, really good. And so we uh, we don't get too flashy or fancy with, with what we're doing on the court. We, we keep things real simple. We don't put on a lot of a lot of sets and inbounds and different different junk stuff. We we really focus every day on on doing the easy things really really good and it'll be the same thing on Friday against Lakeview. We're going to have to execute those uh, simple easy things. Looking back a couple weeks, you know, back to the Cap Rock, how big was that win for you guys? And it did did it create any momentum or you know just uh, build some confidence in the team, uh, especially with beating Leveland? Yeah, I think so. It was a huge win for our program. I mean, uh, being able to, you know, go go through that tournament coming off Christmas break and and compete at that level, especially with programs like Idaloo and Leveland. I mean, those are great programs, and we have a lot of respect for them. Just being on the same court as them was was an honor. And so, you know, coming out with those those victories was was huge, and I think it gave us some some momentum, especially going into district. 
This is a question for both of you. Can you just tell me about this region? You know, obviously West Texas has a has a really deep um, history with with uh, women's basketball. And what is it like to participate? You know, in a region where there's a level land and an Idaho and an upcoming, you know, Canyon and, and Randall and, and just all the competition you get to see. Does that make it more fun? You know, and, and get kind of getting to learn where you stack against, um, you know, some of the historically the best programs of all time. Yeah, it's a blast. I mean. Whether you're uh, winning or losing, you're competing, and you're always competing against the best. And uh, in this region, in Region One, then it doesn't really matter what classification you are. I mean, there's there's great teams all the way from Nazareth down at One A, Stratford in Two A, um, Canadian, Idaho, all these Three A schools up here, and uh, even Leveland Four A, Five A. There's a lot of good Six A schools as well. I mean, it doesn't matter what classification you are around here. Um, there's a lot of girl, good girls basketball, and really, what's what I find that's a lot different than the rest of the state is uh, is the coaching as well. And it's kind of a unique situation in West Texas where you find a lot of uh, long-term girls basketball coaches that uh, have built some strong programs. And you can go back into the archives of the state tournament and find that uh, a majority of the uh, state champions come from West Texas. Uh, regardless of classification, and so it's a it's a great honor just to be able to compete, especially at a high level with a lot of these teams. And this one will be for JC. Um, did the team set out any goals, or are there any goals that you guys have for yourselves moving forward? You know, further into district and maybe into the playoffs. Um, we focus every game going one and zero, not worrying about the next few games. And our main goal. Right now is to win a district championship because we've never done that, and to go far and far and deep in the playoffs. And then, lastly, this is a question for for both of you guys. Just tell me about what the keys are going to be to to win this district. What what are the things that you have to continue to do to um, you know com- complete the uh, district championship goal? Yeah, we uh, we can't take a night off. We can't take a night off, and uh, there's just there's some good. Good teams and these LISD teams, they they you know they get up for these games and so uh, uh, so every single night's got to be got to be uh, big for us. Um, we can't take a night off. Um, uh, the major thing that we've got to always bring and and focus on every night is we feel like the only controllable we have is is our defense. You know we might have an off shooting night um, and that's okay, but as long as we're uh, as long as we're playing good defense, then then I think we'll be able to compete. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <clears throat> now, most boys' districts are a little bit farther behind than the girls, and, and those standings pictures are just kind of starting to, to develop. But an exception is uh, Shallow Water's 2-3-A. Uh, Shallow Water boys are looking very, very good so far. Yeah, they won the Caprock, uh, the small school boys' division. And uh, they're sitting at 20 and two right now, and five and zero in district. Um, it's it's interesting to have two, you know, your boys and your girls team kind of uh, showing off uh, uh, that they could be there in the it, very deep in the playoff run. You know, whenever we the big picture, big scheme of things, and uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like they're slowing down at all. They got some good players, and uh, they're able to utilize them effectively uh it's exciting for you know i think for their school district to have these two teams that are gonna 
do well. I think people expect shallow water to do well across all sports. Yeah, but that's I true. I wasn't, expe- <laughs> I wasn't expecting them to, on the boys' side, to to be the, the team that they, they'd become, like a Caprock Classic Championship team, uh, to just dominate the, the regional three A's. It's been, it's been pretty special for them. Yeah, it's, it wasn't a team that we, we didn't dismiss them you know, early on. What happened was they just came out of the woodworks. You compare uh, some of the things that they've done in the past to what they're doing now, and uh, to me, it, it was kind of, uh, oh, wow, a, kind of a shocking moment just because I didn't think to look that over there. And then once I did, I'm like, wow, this team is really good. Any other boys' teams standing out to you as they kind of find their footing in, in the early playoff race? Um, yeah, a lot of teams are sitting at at uh, one week removed from their first district game. But obviously we were talking about it earlier, District 2-4A with Seminole, Estacado, Leveland, Denver City, La Mesa, and Brownfield uh, a year ago. Four of these teams were in the top ten rankings, I believe, and it, it involved Seminole, Estacado, Leveland, and Brownfield. Uh, I spoke with uh, Coach Steve Rhodes yesterday, and he mentioned, you know, this is a tough district, maybe one of the toughest in the state. Um, and right now you're sitting there with two top ten ranked teams in Seminole and Estacado, both sitting at 1-0 and with Leveland, who is a very good team too. I, I could see Leveland potentially – upsetting some teams in this district um very talented players that they got across the board uh, a coach that knows how to get them ready for the game but that could be said about any of these teams <laughs> uh, but that's one to definitely keep an eye on moving forward uh, other than that you know we got a lot of one and o's um anton five one a is sitting at four and they're kind of ahead and we'll get that with the one a's some of them are they started pretty early or they started around the same time that shallow water started so, uh, you know, when I look at it, uh, not a lot of teams are at a, at a pivotal point in their district slate, aside from the ones that we mentioned. And then in TAPS, I don't believe they started quite yet. No, they they begin uh, Tuesday evening in some and Friday evening in, in others. So, But they're on the cusp of it. So it's, it's virtually all district all the time now. And it's going to be exciting because we're going to get to about the midway point of the girls' district season uh, the next time we talk to you next Wednesday, and the boys will be there a week after that. So uh, it's it's only up from here after after a bunch of speculation through uh, non-district play. It's exciting that we're at this juncture of the season. Yeah, and another team I guess to keep an eye on, uh, they made it to the state tournament last year, and uh, they're kind of poised to head back there, and that's Borden County, the Borden County boys. Absolutely, yeah. That, that I think uh, right off the bat you thought they were going to do because they were a junior team that – won the region last year, and, and now they're a senior-laden team that uh, that brought back virtually everyone that, that was important to, to last year's team. Going to take them some time, though. You know, they got a late start going uh, to the football state championship, which they won. Uh, only have about, I guess, like seven games under the belt. Nine games. Yeah. They're sitting at seven yeah. and two. And, and two of which are district play games so far. Uh, yes, yeah. I believe so, so. A long way to go for them to, to get their full footing. Uh, but I did like them when I saw them play Olton, and I think Olton might be a pretty good team too. So uh, with that, you know, just want to give you guys a, a rundown of uh, Lone Star Varsity right now, which you're on right now, so you can see all these things. Please be sure to vote for our uh, Players of the Week. We've got some really good candidates this week, so check them out. Just uh, tap on Player of the Week, and you can vote in our polls, which close on Thursday. At 5 p.m. 
kind of just changing gears a little bit, we have a district starting up in another area, <laughs> and that's swimming. Uh, we got prelims on Friday and then finals on Saturday, and we got some definite definite contenders to kind of look out for. And one of them is a kid that from last year we knew he was going to kind of make some waves, so to speak. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> Carlos Nagy. He's a good swimmer. Um, Shana McLeod from Lubbock High. These both are Lubbock High swimmers. Um, Monterey senior Ben Adams, you know, he, uh, he earned a medal in the 50-yard freestyle in the LISD tournament, which featured quite a bit 6A teams. You know, South Lake Carroll brought three, three separate teams. So the competition was steep. Uh, Sebastian Bloom finished a 100-yard breaststroke with a time of a uh, minute three for third place. Uh, Peyton Props, another player, or uh, diver, actually, to look out for, along with Gabe Vega. A lot of good swimmers. Uh, we're used to some some good competition. What's funny, and uh, we'll probably get a chance to see this, is every time you go over there to Pete Regas Center, it seems like they're breaking records, whether it be the pool record or the meet record. Uh, that's just been my experience with it with the last couple of years, and I'm looking forward to the finals. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's kind of funny how swimming and track just kind of creep up on you. There are a billion invitationals, and then all of a sudden – it's district play and postseason, and people start getting eliminated. But it, it seems like it all goes down like within a two month span. It's um, it's it's a really exciting time, uh, and, and you know, not only are is the district meet going to be held um, at Pete Regas Center, but also the regional meet, and, and that's uh, that's definitely a sight to see. Um, there are a lot of capable swimmers in West Texas, and, and they'll all be on display in Lubbock over the next few weeks. Definitely. And, you know, we're going to get a lot of swimming in. So uh, look for that coming up this week, along with uh, some previews and some more stuff from Lone Star Varsity. And with that, we really appreciate you guys coming in and spending some time with us this week. As always, we'll be back next Wednesday. This show was brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media.